Uh, as I said earlier, I, I have a love-hate relationship with squirrels. There was one summer, I'm trying to think how long ago it was, probably maybe five years ago, maybe a little more, where I decided my goal for the summer was going to be to make friends with a squirrel. And I did, and it took time. There's always squirrels. I live right in the River Valley in Edmonton, um, and there's always plenty of squirrels around, so it was just a matter of how do I endear myself to this animal. So it, he, he runs along the fence separating my yard from my neighbor's yard. Right? Every day, all day. This is what he does. Um, so I'd start putting peanuts on one of the fence posts where he would often sit and wait. And then I, over time, I got to the point where I could actually hold the peanut in my hand and he would put his little front paws on my wrist as he reached out and grabbed the peanut. And it was adorable. It was fantastic. Then it got to the point where literally I could open the front door and I could go like this. And he'd come running from wherever he might be. And you could see the trees start shaking as he ran over to my front yard and reached out and grabbed my hand and, and took his peanut. It was awesome. It was fantastic. It took weeks. It took a lot of work, but we got there. And it was an accomplishment, and I felt very good about it. Uh, it's only happened once. Every other time I've had experience with squirrels, it's been, um, it's been not nearly as peaceful and idyllic. It's been pretty fraught with uh, anxiety. First of all, we know they can be really destructive around the house. They can cause all kinds of things. I've opened up the barbecue before to find it filled with peanuts and pine cones, and I'm sure you've been through situations like that too. And then last summer I had a situation where I had a leak in my hot tub that I was trying to fix um, unsuccessfully in the end. But I had to spend a lot of time in my backyard near the hot tub, which I think must have been close to a squirrel house. And this squirrel would sit in the tree six feet away from me and scream at me relentlessly the entire time I was out there. And that's what I think gets people. First of all, the damage they can do and the screaming. They are so noisy. Why? What is it about? What are they yelling about? Well, believe it or not, there's been work done around that. It makes sense, right? We're going to chat now with Shannon Digweed. Shannon is an associate professor in the Departments of Psychology and Biological Sciences at McEwen University. Shannon, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Hi there. How are you? Great. I I'm really looking forward to this. I have been ever since yesterday. Um, this, the, the situation with squirrels. Um, first of all, I, I've, I've got a squirrel sound, and I want you to listen to this and tell me if this is the sound that we're going to be talking about, okay? Listen to this, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll play it for you. Okay, here we go. Okay. Is that the sound? Yeah, that's what we call a rattle call. Okay, a rattle call, and that's what we're going to be talking about, and I think we're all familiar with it. We've all heard it. Why, why do they do it? Why do squirrels make that noise? Well, the squirrels are, are very territorial. That's why um, you have one that seems to monopolize your yard every year. It might be a new one every year. I think it might so, yeah. For several years. Anyway, they produce this call um, to interact with each other. And we're interested in the call because we wanted to know what about the call makes it useful for them or for other squirrels. And, and sort of what we found is that just like human voices, squirrel voices identify who that individual is. So there's cues to that in that sound that let a neighbor squirrel know who their neighbor is. And so then they can kind of sort of mitigate and, and reduce aggressive interactions with neighbors they know are good neighbors versus neighbors that might be bad neighbors. <laughs> really? So they sort of, I mean, uh, they come to know who's around and they can identify them by that call? Really? Yeah, that's, that's the idea. Yeah. So there are, when we study, um, 
communication and acoustics or sound in animals, what we're interested in, because they can't tell us, right? I can't play a sound to a squirrel and he says, hey, I know that squirrel. It's, you know, buddy next door. So what we have to do is uh, record their sounds, put them into the computer and look for features in the call that might allow for another squirrel to recognize it. So particular things like in a human voice, um, we, we have certain ways of saying vowels and consonants, right, that make our voice distinguishable from someone else. Sure. So the same thing could be with a squirrel. And so we do that analysis, and then what we do is take those calls out into the field, and we play them to squirrels and look to see if their behavior changes for the different neighbors, suggesting that they recognize them. This is, this is interesting to me because when I hear these squirrels, and like I say, there's a bunch of them where I live, they all sound exactly the same. Like, would, how, how do you manage to differentiate between different squirrels? What are you listening for? Well, for, for us, sure, they sound the same. But uh, in a squirrel's world, we might all sound the same. <laughs> <laughs> so what we do is we look for things like changes in pitch in their call. Right. So we, we, di- we do what's called digitizing. So we actually make the sound um, into sort of a numerical or a mathematical equation in our computers so that we can measure certain things about it that the squirrels might find different, like differences in pitch, how long the call is, how short it is. Sort of each each rattle call has has a different number of notes in it. And so squirrel one might have 10 notes in his rattle call and squirrel two might only have five notes in his rattle call, right? So those are the sorts of things that we're looking for. It's amazing. And then basically these squirrels know who they're interacting with, who's close by, and it gives them, what's the benefit to that? I mean, does it just sort of say, I'm here, stay away? Or But you're saying they're territorial about their range, right? I mean, so once those parameters are defined, why do they need to make noise about it? <laughs> well, the interesting thing about squirrels is they are actually um, expert thieves. Really? So there was some- done uh, quite a number of years ago and subsequent to that that suggests that they steal a lot of their cone cache. So they have to survive the tough winters. They don't hibernate. And so what they rely on is a cache of pine cones and mushrooms and berries to live through the tough winter months. But in order to to get a nice cache, lots of squirrels steal from each other. (laughs) Really? Oh, yeah. Sometimes they'll steal up to half of their cache from their neighbors. Wow. So it's important as a squirrel to kind of know who's coming in and out of your territory and who might be stealing from you. Because some neighbors might be more likely to steal things and other neighbors might be less likely to steal things. So it kind of helps you understand who's in your territory and then how aggressive you might need to be to that squirrel. Do you have to chase them out? Do you sort of put up with them for a certain amount of time? Those sorts of things. Fascinating. Now, I don't want to get off into a whole language of squirrels thing here, but do you study other calls that they make? Because we all recognize them. What's the, the whistle or chirping one that they make? The You know, like, it, it's not nearly as fast-paced as a rattle. Do you know what that one's about? Yeah, so I spent some time uh, during my doctoral thesis studying uh, what we called alarm calls. So they produce, they produce a couple of different ones. They produce one that's what's called a seat call, which sort of sounds like a, a bird chirping, and yeah, then they yeah. make that we call a bark, which sounds more like a chihuahua. <laughs> yes, I've heard and that, yeah. They do those normally when they're encountering um, sort of other species threats in their um, territory. So like owls that might eat them, coyotes. They may do it if your dog chases them up a tree. They might bark at them. And it's, it's meant to deter the predator from the area. It's sort of like announcing, I've seen you. 
you could kill me, but now that I've seen you, you're probably not going to. <laughs> do they, you know, if they communicate to each other about, hey, I'm here, mm-hmm. do they communicate, hey, there's something else here that we need to be aware of, be it, a, I don't know, a hawk or a, whatever the case may be? Uh, potentially. Um, our Our data suggested that the primary function of the call was to deter the predator or get it out of the area. Okay. But it is possible that other squirrels listening would also know there's a predator in the area and pay more attention. Interesting work. Thanks so much for sharing it with us, Shannon. Really appreciate your time. <laughs> no problem. Happy share. Thank you very much. That's Shannon Digweed, an associate professor in the Departments of Psychology and Biological Sciences at McEwen University.